Would you open God's precious holy word to Psalm 62? Waiting in the silence. David experiences about every kind of problem that a person can. Some of his problems were self-induced for sure. Most of them, however, were problems by virtue of the fact that he was in a covenant, that, that Yahweh had put him in a covenant with himself. So that naturally brought most of the world against him, even those who were in his kingdom. The exact set of circumstances which begat this psalm are not really known, one could uh, guess about the backdrop, but the main thing is this, Some, somebody had briefly at least, or I don't know how long, but had, had gained David's trust and in some capacity served as a counselor, a consultant to David. And through blind trust, um, a heart that doesn't work that way. I Listen, I understand these things because in my experience, and especially in younger pastoral days, even church members with a smile and, uh, and warm words, I have discovered some of them, not all, of course not all of them, have hidden agendas. Um, and they, they deceive for selfish purposes. This is where David finds himself. And I can tell you this. I wasn't raised that way. To think that you'd go into the congregation of God's people as David did in his day or as I have or as many of us perhaps have. Thinking that someone was going to deceive you and have some kind of an agenda uh, that you didn't discover until much later and much hurt had been caused. So I can see how David would have had a, a pure heart in relationships and how he could have been open to being, to trusting people. Not realizing that the enemy had his associates planted around for the purpose of, of deception and hurt and to somehow diminish or cast a stumbling block into the cause of God. This is where David finds himself here. So here's how it happens. He knows that he is secure in God. 
So he, he introduces the psalm. It's for the conductor or the director on Jaduthan, Song of David, Jaduthan. Now that's, that is, there, there's more than one psalm that has this title or this address. And Jaduthan is a part of the family of, of choir singers who, who were very musical. They were, a, they were a subset of priests and their, their work in the priesthood was, was to present music and, and David appointed them uh, for that. So he, he has this, perhaps it is that this person uh, is, is extraordinarily good at putting music to lyrics. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe he was a confidant and understood what David was going through. Whatever. This is something ascribed to him, this song of David. Only for Elohim does my soul wait silently. You can engage debate and argue and, and fuss, talk back, even sometimes maybe be moved to uh, justified anger. But there's one person you can't talk back to. That's God. God, there are times, of course, when the situation is so dark and the worshiper feels so alone and the problems are so overwhelming and maybe David has taken them to the Lord time and time again. You've heard the old joke about how God just got in prison and he was new to the cell block and somebody yelled out 48 and everybody died laughing. Another guy yelled out 14. Everybody in the cell block died laughing. And he waited a little. He said, well, I'm new here. I'm going to do the same. He yelled out 48. Nobody laughed. He yelled out 14. Nobody laughed. He asked his cellmate, what's going on here? He said, well, we've been here so long that we've numbered all of our jokes. So somebody calls out a number. They know what the joke is, and it, it's funny, and they laugh. And he said, well, why didn't it work for me? He said, well, some people can tell a joke, and some people can't. <laughs> Well, it's, it's almost like, and we've all been there, I'm sure, where we have this burdensome thing that is on our shoulders and it hasn't been lifted. And there are so many of them. There's, there's this thing that, that weighs on me heavily and this thing and this thing and this thing. 
And sometimes we're like that guy in the cell block. We, we think, Lord, 48. You know, this is, this is you, you know what number 48 is. That's, that's one of my many requests. He's come to the place, though, where only for Elohim does my soul wait silently. He could have said so much. He could have done so much. But to, but to what avail? A guy in David's position would only look worse if he protests or, or fusses back or argues back or, or whatever. So he, he knows that Elohim knows his heart. I'm just going to wait silently. I'm not going to verbalize. I'm not going to verbally attack. I'm not going to be aggressive toward those who are aggressive toward me. I'm going to wait on God. Why? From Him is my salvation. Salvation carries with it benefits. In this life, of course, <laughs> immeasurable benefits yet to come. But as, as, as we pointed out in, in the introduction to this section, one of the benefits is the security that we have in God. God never fails us. As we mature in our walk with the Lord... We realize that everything has a purpose and that God is working in a world full of people, full of hearts. Many of them are his elect. All of them are being attacked in some way or another. But as, and David by this time would have experienced this, of course. As we move along through life, more and more we see the faithfulness of God and he never fails us. And so this is a complicated situation that David finds himself in. But he knows that all he has to do is wait silently for Elohim. Why? Because God has saved him. Because his salvation is in God. It's, his salvation is not based on his rhetoric. It's not based on his um, diatribe. It's, it's not based on his personal intelligence or, or persona or anything. It's based on God. Salvation is... The, so now if, if it was based on David in any whit, David wouldn't have to say that he would sit there and wait silently. But it's not. So what David is saying here is, you know, one of the benefits of my salvation is that I'm secure even in a situation like I find myself in. So the best thing, the only thing that I can do, my job description for this point in time is to wait silently for Elohim. I don't have to wait silently for everybody else, but I do for him. Only he is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense so that I will not be greatly moved. It's, it's an interesting phraseology there. 
it's as though David says, I'm, I'm shaken, but I'm not greatly moved. I didn't expect this from this guy. I didn't think I'd stumble into this kind of pit. But God is my rock, my salvation, and my defense. So I'm not greatly moved. I, I am basically on the rock, in the hand, in the stronghold of the one who is my rock and my salvation. Number one, I am secure in God. It doesn't matter how complicated or terrible or horrible the situation is. If I am God's and God has established this covenant relationship with me, then his promises are irrevocable. They cannot be reversed. And somehow, he's going to take care of me. So I'm secure in God. That's number one. Number two, violence is in the world and this is just something that is a given. How long will you attack upon a man? You shall be murdered, all of you, as a leaning wall or a tottering fence. Because of his high position, have they plotted to throw him down. They delight in lies. With his mouth they bless, but inwardly they curse. Silla. So now he addresses those who have attacked him. And he warns them that their end is near. They have no basis, no foundation like a leaning wall, a tottering fence. There's nothing that will hold them up. They have their moment, but that moment will not last. Why are they attacking David? Because of his high position. Because of who he is, because of where God has put him. So how, did it, how do they attack him? With lies, with deceit. Look at this. With his mouth they bless, but inwardly they curse. Selah. Heart filled with hatred. Mouths that bless, hearts that curse. This is, David writes about this kind of situation quite a bit in his Psalms, in the Psalms. These are his prayers. This is extraordinarily difficult to overcome. And David acknowledges this in, in Psalm after Psalm. The, the lies, the counterfeit friendships, so-called, and, and the blessings that are really cursings, the deceit. These, these things are very difficult to fight. They're, they're, they're very, you don't, as I said earlier, David was a good man. Now he stumbled. 
He was a great saint. He was a great sinner. But he was a man after God's own heart, which means he pursued the heart of God. And he was a good guy. He didn't see himself in a world of, uh, of lies and deceit. He did not recognize those that had come to be closest to him as the worst of his enemies. He wasn't brought up that way. That wasn't natural. That wasn't part of his nature. It was a shock. It was something that overwhelmed and overtook him. And this was an attack that Satan knew would be effective against David. David was an emotional character and he, he expressed great love for people. His heart poured out for people. He was a great king because he invested himself in his people, not into himself, but into his people for the goodness and the prosperity of his people and his nation, the people of God, Israel. This is, this is something, he could fight the Philistines with a sword, but he couldn't fight those who were supposed to be closest to him who were lying about him and deceiving about him. They only did it because of his high position. So they conspired, they plotted to bring him down. How do you bring a guy like that down? Well, you deceive people about him. You tell falsehoods. You throw everything that you can up against the wall and see what sticks, if anything can stick. That hasn't changed even to this day. How people attack through deceit and, and lies. David faced this same. It's very difficult. That's why he said, about the, only, the only thing I can do is just to be silent before God. Because my salvation is in him. So then he gives this refrain of security and then trust. Only to Elohim should you hope. Now he addresses the people, you see. Only to Elohim should you hope, my, my soul, for my hope is from him. Only he is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not falter. In Elohim rests my salvation and my honor. The rock of my strength, my shelter, is in Elohim. Elohim possesses the salvation of David and the honor of David. Those who are trying to dis dishonor him do not own his honor. The one who owns his honor, of course, is greater than all of the enemies of David. So, next verse, trust in him at all times, people. Pour out your hearts before him. Elohim is our shelter. Silah. All times. Look at that. All times. Don't ever leave him out of anything. Something will, something will creep through the crack in the door. All times, at all times, trust in him. Empty your hearts. Everything in your life, empty it. Pour it out before Elohim because he is the one we hide behind. 
We ha- it's his problem. It's not our problem. It's, it's his problem. Silah. And so he gives to us the description of vapor that vanishes. The sons of men of low degree are but vapor. Men of distinction are deceitful. Were they to be put on a scale, together they would weigh lighter than vapor. (laughs) George Wallace once said when running for president, and he was running against Republicans and Democrats, he said of Republicans and Democrats, there's not a dime's worth of difference between either one. Well, this is about what, what David is saying. You can think of them as men of a baser sort, or you can see them as men of distinction, but there's no difference in them. They're vapor. He was mistreated by one side and the other side. Do not trust in oppression. Do not put vain hope in robbery. If riches increase, don't set your heart on them. He's talking about the problems and the good things that can happen. These are not the anchor of your soul. Not at all. So he points then quickly to true power and mercy. Elohim spoke once. I heard it twice. Power belongs to Elohim. So you see, these who had surrounded David and were seeking to empower themselves by trying to diminish David through lies and deceit, they have no power at all. Power belongs to Elohim. Now finally, the last verse, all the, way through this, all the way through his prayer, this psalm, David has never used the covenant name Yahweh. Elohim. Now he changes here, but still doesn't use, still doesn't use the covenant name Yahweh. In the last of his prayer, seeing how Elohim has Power, Adonai has mercy. And to you, Adonai, Adonai is master, keeper, owner. And to you, Adonai, belongs covenant love. Chesed, chesed, covenant love. It's a deeper word than just mercy. It's a deeper word than loving kindness. Covenant love. It's deeper than family love. It's the deepest kind of affection in a relationship. And the one who establishes it is God. He has to establish that relationship and by grace just puts us at the other end of it. It's it's not that we put him at that end. He puts us into it. 
For you render each one according to his work. It all is in the hand of God. It all ends with the rendering of God. It will go well for those who are in the covenant love of Yahweh, or in this case, Adonai, the owner, the master, the sustainer, Adonai. We'll stop there and we'll have our uh, deacon prayer time.